Okay. <clears throat> and I just looked at your stupid picture. <laughs> Three, <laughs> two, one. <laughs> I didn't clap right after one, just, you know, but like, whatever. Why have you sent me this picture of this? Uh, is that like a... Is that like a brand name that is famous in mountain biking land? Zebra? This is zebra for so. people that can't look at this ridiculous thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. It just has like actually. It looks like it's like just photoshopped with mountain bike parts. I don't think this is real. Is this real? It's not. I'm gonna it, find Nick, out. It's not. There's no way. There's no way this is real. You say that, Jeff. Jeff, <laughs> you know what a balance bike is, right? Uh, Nick, okay, we can't. We're not even. We're not even. I don't yet. care. I have. Okay, Jeff. Okay, fine. Jeff, you know what a balance bike is, right? Like a unicycle. This is no, no, no. It's like the little kids' bikes without pedals. Like they, they just like walk uh, next. Like, like a bicycle. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Let me show oh. you what a bounce bike is. It's for it's for it's for toddlers. Okay. You would think okay. I would know about this. That's a balance bike. It's like there's a seat and there's the wheels and stuff, but the, the, there's no pedals because the kids are okay. low enough that they just they push just, themselves around. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so um, so you know like how carbon fiber is like a thing for bikes because it's like oh it's so light so fancy anyway specialized made a one thousand dollar balance bike made of full carbon fiber because because they could because they could thousand dollar freaking balance bike jeff this is so dumb (laughs) this is so so dumb if you if you pay attention to any industry long enough they will do really dumb things and you're like why why did you do this (laughs) why did this happen why was this made uh, start the show. I'm just gonna do my <laughs> my pretty intro topic is now my intro topic. The my intro topic is my next one. We're gonna go into the show now, Nick. Okay. I love you. Do it. <laughs> I love you too. Welcome to the year we started a podcast, the podcast board, Phoenix Like from the Ashes of Last Year's podcast. I am your non-weird bike-owning uh, co-host, Jeff. I don't have any weird bikes. I got that, I, that, That's probably not true. I don't know. And I'm this is a podcast Hi. where a couple of friends half of the part that would like to come together and talk about some of the things that are fun and interesting to us. Nick, okay, here's what I want to talk about beforehand because it's not even really yeah. a podcast topic, but here we are. I am uh-huh. a little sick boy. Uh, basically since we've recorded actually like listening back to um our recording last week i could kind of hear the little little uh, little tinge of sickness in my voice as i actually think that i was gonna say something <coughs> but i didn't want to make you feel self-conscious about it if it was uh, anything else so yeah 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 so turns out uh thank you to my uh disease spreading children i am uh sick and I've been tested for COVID multiple times. It's all good. Just normal plague, like I texted you earlier. Nothing too yep, exciting. Normal just normal plague. Um, however, however, and we will not get into this too deeply because it is very gross. But I have had very, 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 very bad cough occasionally. Um, and I have taken lots of steps to not have such terrible cough, uh, to be able to survive, to be able to sleep through a night, uh, which is like a, a luxury that nice. I, I feel a little bit distanced from here recently. I, I did remember that we had some of this stuff from like a while back where it's like this like throat spray that like numbs your throat. So you don't cough so much. Have you ever, have you ever had like a throat spray that numbs your throat ever? Like, it's like, no. it's like basically a liquid, uh, cough drop. I cannot. It sounds, it sounds like, Fancy pansy. It's not. Continue. Yeah, well, fancy pansy. It, it, it's something my wife introduced to me. Uh, before I explain this any further, though, 
Like what? Maybe we've talked about this in the podcast. I don't know. But have you like what's your stance on uh, food expiration dates? <laughs> uh, I try very hard to adhere to them. Uh, but I mean, like, I kind of assume it's all very much like Best Buy. So it's like, you know, Best Buy X date instead of um, actual hard rule. Right. So, you like know, there's a little bit of I, leeway there. Yeah. Like, you know, if it says if there's like, uh, I, I don't know, there's something that, that I'm not super concerned about normally. And it says, oh, it expired a week ago. Probably fine. So uh, I, I knew that this throat spray that we had was like pretty old because like I think I kind of remembered it from our first house that we had. Um and so I ordered some new throat spray that was got here today, thank goodness, <clears throat> so that I could breathe and etc. a little bit better. Cool, good. <coughs> I say as I cough. Yeah. I I I was ready to now throw away old throat spray and I was like looking around like I wonder how old this thing actually was. Let's see if I can find it. Uh it was uh Best Buy uh September, which is good. That's this month, except for two yeah. two two thousand and nine. That's pretty good. <laughs> Which is like that's that's really old. And so I label this as this week I hurt myself question mark because I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but this is like twelve years past its best yeah. by date. Which is yeah. in hindsight really bad. It's probably not great. So it's not ideal. I'll uh, tell you that. It's not ideal. Um so on this exact same note, uh my my friend uh, my friend has recently moved in back in with his parents at his old like childhood home. Um, like while he's waiting because he's getting a new job somewhere else. So like you know between uh leases or whatever the hell, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I say is, uh, this is one of the only people that I saw this year, right? When we went to when I went to Disneyland, I went to this friend's house. Uh, shouts to Connor. And the reason I say is we we're all over there at like in the, like the middle of the night and uh or like at like eleven at night and. Uh, I'm starving and I'm looking around his house and, he, and he's like, yeah, just go right to the fridge or something if you want or the cupboards. And I open the cupboards and there's like a bag of unopened uh, red vines. And I was like, oh, cool. And uh, he's like, uh, you should check expirations on everything. And you literally one up me, Jeff, because the expiration on these red vines was 2010. And my thought was, these are just plastic sugar. Like, there's just, they should, they should, these should last forever. When did you get these if they expired 11 years ago? Oh, How in the very world is that possible? Uh, so we all, so obviously, uh, being a responsible adult, we all tried one. And, um, <laughs> as you do. <laughs> as you do. Which, by the way, I didn't know, like, I, and I like red vines. I didn't know they could get staler and more plastic <laughs> feeling. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's right. Like, that's like kind of ah. baked into the DNA of the definition of a red vine. Like, it's an exactly. old stale piece of uh, sugar stick. Exactly. It's exactly. That is the most accurate description I can think of for it. Right. I think and it's on the packaging, even. It, I think so. And then <laughs> I took a bite and I was like, this has no flavor. It is simply like softened plastic. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, so oh my God. Uh, anyways, Nick, okay. I talked about AFC Wimbledon last week. Uh, yes. And Nick, I have to give an update. And I don't, like, I really don't want this to have to become a recurring segment, but it might have to if this keeps up. So, uh, if you didn't catch last week's episode, AFC Wimbledon, a st- an absolutely meaningless team in third tier of English football. They uh, basically had their team taken away. They came back with all through the different leagues as an amateur team into professional tiers of English football. 
I, I talked about them because it's so much fun. I've really gotten into watching them. I've, I've basically, while I was waiting for the NFL to start, I really needed to get yeah. into some sort of sports because like the world's terrible and I need to like have something to watch and NBA has been done for a while. And so this is what I have. This is the first year with fans in the stadium and I've, I've watched every game that has been aired and last week. Uh, and I mentioned this in our in our episode too. It's like there's some players that are just like not going to be on the team for very long because they are so good. Uh, last week there was an absolutely super super fun game, and the exact guy that I was referencing in our podcast in the very like absolute last minute of the Pre- game, pretty in a corner. It. Uh, it was it was a. It was a beautiful goal, Nick. It was one of the best goals I've ever even like. That's one of the best goals I've ever witnessed that, live. No, it was. It was pretty. I was gonna say like the 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 turning shot. Like I don't know how to put it, but in in, uh, in freaking basketball would have been a turnaround. Like the fact that he's hitting that sh- that goal off of like no vision. It's sick. It's oh, sick. it's it's like in so- like if yeah. So so for you, Nick, like in in soccer terms, that's basically like a like I don't know. Five six feet behind the three point line, turn around, blind three point throw, yeah. <laughs> like shot that just like kisses off the back of the rim into the goal. Like it's just, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, and the reason why I say that is like I am Nick. I am getting more and more. Like right now, there's the the Sporting KC game, and we're winning. Like I'm getting so into soccer. This is so weird. That's so good. My entire so cool. life, I've never cared about soccer at all. And like now, don't get me wrong. Like, and we will probably. I almost said probably. I'm sorry. There's a 1,000 percent chance we'll talk about the NFL on our Patreon only podcast, Patreon form slash uh, Tywis App. But I, I've loved football my entire life. But the other kind of football that I had no idea that I would love so much is this stupid soccer thing. Oh my gosh, Nick! It is so fun. I don't. It, I don't know if I just happen to be falling into a team that is very exciting. And Sporting KC has been really good too. Like, it, I don't know. It's my, it's so crazy. My uh, freaking <clears throat> limited attempts are uh, at following soccer. Tell me that like I know that near goals are still super exciting, but that score implies that that was a very exciting game <laughs> because a lot of times you'll watch a, a soccer game and it'll be like zero zero until like seventy five minutes in and you're like, okay, so like there's been some hype moments, <laughs> but also nothing's happened and that's been my my biggest thing with soccer and also the fact that it's. It's kind of hard to follow. It's like there's not people to share it with and stuff. That's been my downer. But it sounds like you got yourself in, in like on a good team. It's like fun to watch and exciting, and it has a huge narrative uh, uh, thing to go. I don't know, man. Yes, it's pretty good. No, and it, here's the thing with soccer. It's like if so, like to put it in basketball terms, it would be like if Steph Curry in one shot scored 45 points, <laughs> like right, after, right. like, after like I a know. 60 minute buildup, <laughs> it would be I like know. that. It's, it's, it, it's well, just Steph hit the turnaround fade away from 45 feet. I mean, what are you going to do? It's 45 points, 45 <laughs> feet. It was dumb. It's like, it's like, it's such a tease the entire time. And then like, when it actually happens, it's just like, you lose your mind. I can't help it. It's so great. But <laughs> so uh, like part of it is fun. Like I just have really enjoyed this. Uh, but like earlier today, I was talking with uh, one of our fellow podcasting friends, uh, Brian McFadden of uh, the Pigskin Party podcast, and he shared the fact that uh, Ted Lasso is a show that I should watch. Uh, have you watched? Uh, no, do you know I what need Ted to. Lasso I've, is at all? I've seen about se- I've seen that one ad that's on YouTube about seven thousand times, <laughs> so, which is it, it. It is funny. It is, but 
it was less funny the four thousandth time. <laughs> I had no anyway. idea it even existed, and it, like me neither. I'm not even sure if this is true. So like, you can correct me if you know more than I do. But I think this was an ad that aired like eight years ago, and just now, like last year, got made into an actual TV show. Like I think it originally was just an advertisement. I'm not. This this may be completely wrong, and I'm doing a very bad job. But the the initial video I watched is like from eight years ago on YouTube, which is uh a long time and the the actual episode of the show was from last year that's when it originally started and it's in the second season right now damn so damn i'm not exactly sure what's up with this but there's not very many seven-year-old uh youtube clips that make me laugh as hard as this did and i don't again maybe this is just because i've been into soccer here recently and uh (laughs) it seems like one of the teams or the team that he's a part of is like afc something something uh but i I'm going to watch this show, Nick, and I will report back because this seems like so up my alley at this point. I, I'm excited for it. It sounds like a very Jeff show. The humor seems very Jeff, is very uh, like in a very good way. Like it's just fun and upbeat. And yeah. Yeah. A mix of both uh, both football definitions, uh, both here on the other and uh, on the other side of the pond. I'll also say it's not often that you get to have good sports humor, but good sports humor can be really fun because it's such a like we're like sports is like melodrama, right? It's not actually important, but we all make such a right. big deal out of it who are fans. So it's just like begging for humor and, and satire and uh, parody. Like it's just baiting, begging for it, really. I And I'll say like in defense of that, though, like and I know we're about to move on to our next topic, but um, uh I I love that about sports so much that it like actually doesn't matter, but we just like oh, it to matter so much. And like I think this uh, this past couple of years has really emphasized that for me. But like I there 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 has never been a better time for sports to exist than now. Like there <laughs> no, there's so agree. many things that like are complicated and do matter and are hard and. and- Instead of that, we have a cultural way of like bringing people together and like finding uh, common joy with that has no real consequences. Like I love the Lakers, but if the Lakers <laughs> next year went zero and eighty-two, let me check. All my bills would still be the same. <laughs> yes, it's fine. Exactly. It's fine. Everything's great, <laughs> and everybody would be unimpacted by and large. Uh, exactly. But if they do really great, it's like this joint celebration it's and so like fun. a great thing that we can be excited about. So exactly. Yeah. Don't exactly. Uh, yeah. I love you sports. Thank you. You're, you're good. Okay. Nick, I want to know what on earth <laughs> this next topic is about. I have no idea. So Jeff, I just want to let you know that you, you caused this, you started okay. making ambiguous, like the, the, the titling thing you caused this because you started making ambiguous, uh, topic names on here so that we wouldn't know what the other person was talking about. And that instantly meant that I had to start gradually getting more and more stupid with them. You're really You're good at it. You're very good. It, thank you. Uh, and also, this, uh, like, if if people know what stream I, I got this from, uh, they, like, they, they, I got this topic from a stream, and uh, I, I don't ever watch streams, but uh, but yeah. So, so somebody might, might, some people out there might be uh, spoiled from this already. But Jeff, um, do you know that we don't really know how flight works? That's not it. Is that true? Are it, you sure? So that, that's like a that's an exaggerated way of framing it. Um, but like we do airplane not, flight or like bird flight, airplane or, flight. Okay, airplane flight. Sorry, I should clarify that we don't really know how airplane flight works. And when I say what, I, I, that's a sort of exaggerated way of framing it, um, intentionally because it's funny. But uh, so we know how to make planes mm-hmm. that capitalize on 
aerodynamic lift in order to fly and remain and remain in the air. This is but, true. Yes. And we can like do that like mathematically and like engineer it like 100%. I've even been on one before. I me too. I, I have. It's it's crazy. But um scientists don't know why lift occurs. Like is it like just, pressure differential and aerodynamics and stuff stuff? Yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's one of the theories. I said some of the <laughs> words. <laughs> some of the words. So, yes, or rather not even like one of the theories. That is the, like the, the, the way that it is explained. But they don't know why there's a, prefer, a pressure differential above, the, above wings. Okay. Um, there are a couple of different uh, like theories and reasons that, uh, that like this is weird. So let me let me send you a uh, a quick uh, graph, and I know graphs are not great audio podcast topics, but it's basically just a quick thing showing a, how air moves over a curved wing. Okay, so most wings we have are uh, you can click on this and then I you have. can kind of see in the first the first picture. Yeah, most wings are curved on the top so that air goes over and upward slightly above the top of the wing and then starts to trail downward. Okay, uh, and we don't know why. Um, there is a like higher uh, or why well, there's lower pressure zone above wings because we would think that like speed is increased um, uh, because of like a downdraft or whatever the hell over the top of the, the the wing, but planes can still achieve lift even when they're flown upside down or even with perfectly flat wings that mm-hmm. are completely like 100% flat or with a the opposite direction of um. <laughs> Or opposite shape yes. of uh, of a wing, all of these things can still be true. Um, so there's two main like theories that are both like probably right to their own extent, but do not sufficiently explain everything. Um, and that is that the uh, there's two like theories. One of them is called Bernoulli's uh, Bernoulli's theorem. I believe I'm saying that right. I apologize. I did not look up. A I think you're good. Pronunciation. Yeah. Um, but basically. Um, attempts to explain lift as a consequence of the wings curved over service uh and it's uh that is the most popular theory but that doesn't adequately explain why there's always a lower pressure zone on the top and then newton's third law says that uh there should be like air being pushed downward by the wing and therefore there should be a like an equal uh, and opposite force being applied upward on the wing um which is, you know, also true, but doesn't ex- address the fact that there's a lower pressure zone above the wing. Um, and this has been something that people have debated and studied for like 150 years. Uh, the article that I was reading from Scientific American literally quoted Einstein, who was very puzzled by, <laughs> like, <laughs> Einstein tried to study, uh, tried to study um, fluids, which uh, air is technically like a fluid, um, and how it would like or how it works with the relation to waves and flight. And Einstein in 1916 published a short piece in the journal, whatever the hell, some crazy German journal name uh, entitled elementary theory of water waves and flight and said, there's a lot of obscurity surrounding these questions. Indeed. I must confess that I have never encountered a simple answer to them, even in the specialist literature. Jeff, for like 150 years, we've been trying to figure out how the hell lift works. And even Einstein was like, hold on, this is, Hold on. This is the okay. Are we <clears throat> so okay? Okay. Okay. So you've you've Googled this. Uh, yes. On a scale of one to doctorate in Googling, how sure are you that this is like all kosher? 
Like that this is all still true? I mean, this isn't Scientific American circa 2018? Oh, this is circa February 2021. Or 20, 2020, sorry. Circa 2020, 2021. So I don't think it really matters. If, so, like, it, this is still a thing that people wonder about. Yeah, I mean, like, there's the, the, it got into a very technical explanation, and there's belief that, like, the, that Bernoulli's, uh, Bernoulli's theorem does kind of explain it, and that there's, like, like, there's a theory that, that a, um, (sighs) that the air above the wing goes in such a way that it creates a tiny temporary vacuum above the wing, um, and is, like, then pulled down, and that, like, uh, like, should explain some amount, some of the pressure differential between the like bottom of the wing and the top of the wing, and like why, um, there therefore why there would be a, a lift from the bottom. Um, I could not fully understand all of it, but it does seem to say that that's like yeah, it's like that's that's on the right track, but it still doesn't fully explain it. It doesn't explain everything in terms of all um, contexts of how a wing could be shaped. I so I, I kind of lost a little bit of this as it got going, but uh, but yeah, it's it's like still true to, the, to this day. We do not have a full universal explanation that explains every detail of why there is lift. Not that we don't know how to make uh, a plane that wor- that works with the amount of lift. That right. We, not that we don't know how to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. We do fly. Yes. Nick, should we talk about my my last topic today? Yes. Tell me about uh, your last do you topic wanna, today, Jeff. Do you want to take a guess at my very covert uh, uh, thing here in our show notes? You want to take a guess at what the, um, the acronym stands mm-hmm. for? Thank God cats might stop homelessness. Heating. Homelessness. <laughs> that would be, thank God. If so, cats, if you could do it, I would really appreciate that. Uh, this is the great Canadian... Do you know what it is yet? No. <laughs> the Great Canadian Maple Syrup Heist. Do you know the story? Oh my gosh. No, but I, I feel like I've heard that name. I feel like I actually have heard that name I, or that, that term. I've heard, yeah, I've known of this for basically since this happened. Uh, and it's been kind of, the last couple of weeks, I've actually gotten a couple of the long lasting, uh, like backlog main topics I want to talk about just because it's just so ridiculous. Love it. Please, please tell me all about the, the maple syrup, syrup heist. This is what I need in my life. This okay. is the kind of, this is what I'm here for, really. Like genuinely, <laughs> this is like the fun stuff that I want to yes, know about. It is great. Uh, Nick, uh, do you want to, <laughs> so, so Quebec, uh, they produce 70% of the world's uh, actual maple syrup. And like, there's lots of, there's lots of, quote unquote maple syrup out there but like the actual maple syrup maple syrup is from Quebec by and large um the the cost of the average barrel of maple syrup at the time of googling this was $1300 i'm not sure if that's changed recently or not which puts it at approximately 26 times more expensive than crude oil uh which is a lot turns out yeah. not not too bad um, but that has there's a lot of backstory why it costs that much uh, and how they're able to maintain that cost. Uh, for the longest time, uh, the market is, was very very dependent on the weather. Like if it was like super super cold or uh, like super super hot, prices for maple syrup were like way way high because the yield from maple trees were uh, so low. But what would happen was if it was like a more mild summer. It would the the yields for uh, the maple syrup trees would be really really high, and okay. it would cause the price to absolutely plummet, which is not really great. Uh, so you want to take a no, guess at no. uh, what the the Canadians did? 
Uh, I got nothing. Tell me. They started a Serb cartel. It's <laughs> 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 my favorite term. Wait, hey, hey, I've never heard, heard two words <laughs> that were put together that were so met for each other. A Serb cartel. That is the words that I needed in my life. Can, okay. Can I put one more uh, word in there? Please. That please like, do. really brings us home. Yep. <laughs> a government syrup cartel. <laughs> oh, man. I have so many questions, Jeff. Continue. <laughs> um, just like off the top, like any any concerns or like thoughts before we dive no, into uh, exactly how this happened. My my concern is that I wasn't invited to be a part of this <laughs> sort of government syrup cartel. What is? Wait, what is my government doing? My government sucks. My government do any, didn't do any syrup cartels. Okay, so the actual name of this very legal uh, entity in Canada was the Federation of Quebec Maple Syrup Producers. They were an association of manufacturers or suppliers with the purposes of maintaining prices at a high level and restraining competition. So, a cartel. (laughs) So a cartel, yeah, a cartel, yeah. Like, but this is this is like um, this is like my dumb light bulb cartel that like it it's it's not the cartel as we think of it now, but it is totally a cartel. Yeah, like it's a it's a well meaning cartel, right? <laughs> like, uh, well, I, you say that like maybe, maybe, <laughs> well, but I don't know about that. We'll see. I do feel like maybe by the end of the story, we'll have a little bit of sympathy for this cartel. Um, That's fair. Uh, anyways, like I said before, there would be bad years, uh, like bad weather where, uh, syrup yields were really low. And then there would be, uh, like more mild years where the syrup yield was really high. And so this, uh, super sweet, uh, <laughs> no pun intended, uh, government funded cartel <laughs> would have, uh, a reserve of, uh, syrup to control supply and demand. They were called FPAQ, which was federal, the federal Quebec. I don't know where they got the A from producers. Um, And they uh, basically everybody who was producing syrup was required to be a part of it. It was like, like this, it would, it would, to put it lightly, it would be extremely difficult to be an independent uh, maple syrup provider in Canada. Right. So this was how things developed uh, through the early uh, like 2000s and er- into the early aughts. And then, Nick, we get to the great maple syrup heist. I need to know. Tell me about the great ma- maple syrup heist. Did you watch Breaking Bad? I did. Okay. I did. There will be parts of this that feel similar. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> From the government. Oh, my God. Um, so, so I, I mean, there were two main mistakes that the people that stole this maple syrup made. And then we'll talk about how kind of the story went. Okay. What are the mistakes, Jeff? So, the first thing that they did wrong was they started this whole thing. Where they would take barrels and uh, of maple syrup, and they would transport transport them to a different warehouse, and they would siphon off all of the maple syrup, and then they put them back into extremely, extremely well, like similarly marked barrels uh, on the return trip, filled with water, and <laughs> <laughs> would put them back where the syrup barrels were, which is pretty good. I mean. 
Yeah, it's not perfect. Yeah. It's not perfect. But these were I was say, like I mean, people are gonna figure that out, right? Like, the, but but these were all like government sanctioned like warehouses and stuff like that. Like they they were not like guarded. It was just really a warehouse of a like like tens of yeah. thousands of white painted barrels of maple syrup and occasionally water filled barrels. Um, and it, it just it was like it wasn't a thing that was like super super well monitored. And whenever they would have audits, because they weighed approximately the same, like they didn't actually weigh these things, like they just made sure that they were there, like the the number of barrels were the number of barrels that were on the the record, uh, and so it was fine. They so they went on that way for a while. It did. Yeah. It did, however, Nick, uh, start to cause some rust on some of these barrels. Maple syrup doesn't cause rust at near the same speed that water does, like. <laughs> interesting on, on in hindsight unsurprisingly uh yeah but also like that's an interesting way for like think for for that to be uh you know like trackable or whatever continue yeah it, well in hindsight that's interesting if you if you get a little bit cocky in the uh the maple syrup uh, smuggling business what they did was instead of like having the like the interchange where they would have like a maple syrup uh uh, barrel go out, siphon off, fill it with water, bring it back. They just stopped caring about the part where there was an empty uh, barrel in the warehouse. They just like took the barrel, siphoned it off, uh, and put it back. And if they had time, they would fill it back with water or whatever. Um, when they were that, that is very cocky. Like that is a very very cocky way to uh, to do it. I I completely agree with you. That's that's uh just like leaving an obvious. Like an obvious dud. Yeah, not that, like a little, le- a little less, hey, a little less on the sneaky side there. <laughs> how come this barrel weighs like five pounds or approximately the weight of an empty barrel? It and should be full of look, things. Government stuff. You're more than willing to look past things. Like that's kind of how it works. But uh, one of the auditors uh, was very used to being able to climb up on these barrels and like, uh, like get up to higher ones and get numbers and whatever, not whatever else. Yeah. Uh, he started to climb some of them and they were like normal. And then he climbed on a bunch of empty ones and nearly fell to his death. And, uh, that started a really big investigation. Could see he how that not go- work well, out He well. wasn't yeah. super cool about the part where he almost died. Um. I could see that. I could see that. So. Can I just real quick say that I am shocked that, that there was any kind of, uh, of criminality within the maple syrup cartel i'm just sad to, to hear that, <laughs> that there was any kind of criminality who would have thought criminal element who i know it's, it's very sad i guys i believed in you to have an ethical uh law abiding so by uh, cartel so by the time that this very law-abiding cartel had been discovered to have lost some of their reserves um they did the investigation and it turns out that 12.5% of the entire reserves of the uh of the maple syrup industry in Canada had been stolen which is yeah. that is a lot cuz Nick like I said before yeah. like this 60% is by, of the world yeah, yeah this is basically the world supply of Yikes. maple syrup um it was I mean I mean that that means it's like I mean uh I don't know 7 or 8% or something of all of the world's syrup was, was stolen and now contraband. Yeah. Yeah. What the, 
And so it, what it came out to be, it was over 9,000 barrels that had been stolen. Uh, it was 50 or uh, 540,000 gallons worth $13 million, uh, which Yikes. $13 million is by far the biggest heist in Canada history. Uh, that is so good. Yeah. That's so Canada. So they did in December. I apologize for continuing. To yeah, interrupt, yeah. But I just want to say, I really want to go to like the thriving, like super seedy black market where there's like maple syrup. <laughs> <laughs> sort of contraband you know like it's straight out of like a bad pirate movie or something like you got the goods yeah i do opens up maple syrup let's go <laughs> yeah it was like it's really weird like because a lot of this wasn't like super well regulated and a lot of these things were sold on the quote-unquote black market but a lot of the uh the people buying it didn't know that like it like it, it traded lots of hands along the way okay Okay, interesting. Um, and, uh, and because of that, they were not like super easy to track down. Uh, there were lots and lots of investigations, like hundreds of people were investigated about this. Um, <laughs> the, the, like, obviously the, the, the Canadian syrup cartel <laughs> wanted to, uh, track back down their syrup. Uh, and, there ended up being 26 arrests uh, as a result of 40 search warrants, but a lot of it Oof. still was not recovered at all. Like there were just so much of these things that had like so many gallons of this that had already been sold and consumed that there was just like nothing that anybody could do. The thing that that's so weird, Jeff, the thing that ultimately led them to like the four main people that did this were a, some people, uh, and I don't know, the, I might say the details of this uh, not exactly correctly, but uh, they, in the uh, the actual, like, the proper handling of Canadian maple syrup, they have these very special forklifts that move the barrels around, and they, they found some of these barrels that were moved by a forklift that didn't have all the special handling, and so, like, left very specific marks on the barrels, and that's how they like oh. kind of cracked the case open and like figured out like who was originally doing it and then who he was involved with. And dude, honestly, that's kind of lucky because like you could totally have just convinced a forklift guy to to like that had access to a legitimate forklift to have participated in this scam. You know what I mean? Like, which there, that, I mean, yeah, like there there's probably a lot more to this than we don't even realize, but. Yeah, so that is the great Canadian maple syrup heist, the biggest uh, theft in Canadian history, which I just thought was so, I don't know, very, 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 very Canadian. Canada. Yeah, yeah so good. So good. That's, oh my God. I just want to know who the Canadian Gus is, like the Gus from freaking Breaking Bad. Like, I want to know who that guy is. Like, just, he's like very mild mannered. He says sorry a lot. And he's. <laughs> But he is, he is smuggling millions of dollars of contraband maple syrup. Um, there is, so the thing that reminded me of this um, was we have been watching Dirty Money, which is a uh, Netflix thing. And we haven't actually watched this episode yet or uh, this combination of episodes. But um, the, the great uh, maple syrup heist uh, of good old Canada is one of the episodes on that. And I saw that. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I remember this. I need to look it up. I don't know if it's any good. I don't know if it's any good. But okay, if, okay. if you want to go check it out, uh, Dirty Money has been fun kind of to watch just if you're into just crazy, crazy 
uh, illegal ways that people have done things to make lots of money and then ultimately get caught. Uh, but yeah, in this case, as they do, yeah. as they often do. Yep. So it goes. Oh man, that's really good. That is fantastic. That's the most Canada story I've ever heard. <laughs> it I is a very it. Canadian and story. <laughs> it is. Oh man. Uh, where is my show notes? Have how I how do we how do we leave this episode, Dick? Uh, uh, well, Jeff, the uh, uh, no. do it for us. We gotta go. Okay, we gotta go record you. our Patreon podcast, Jeff. You already made so much fun of me. Like I literally, I go back and I listen to that episode. It's like so uncomfortable listening to you make fun of me. Wait. Oh yeah, no. Where you sorry. did the intro? I feel bad. Oh man, I, it, it I was, don't even know why I did that voice. The like, voice, that voice doesn't make so sense as, it, as a way to like meanly imitate you. It doesn't make any sense. Well, you have a deeper, you have a less nasally voice than I do. That makes it's backwards for me to yeah. be like, ah, I'm Jeff, I'm the one with a nasally voice. Yeah, especially now when I uh, like I'm all sick and stuff. Anyways, uh, Nick, we're gonna go. Well. Okay, yeah. we're gonna wrap this up. We're gonna go talk about uh, something. You said you had a good one. Well, I don't. Mm-hmm. Know. You didn't say good one. You said a topic. No, I, I have. A, I have a fun. Topic. You have a fun yeah. topic on our Patreon yeah. uh, only podcast. And there's almost. I mean, Nick made me talk about the flipping NBA for how like. I mean, the existence of that, uh, only, our second only, podcast. Only like six months or something. Only not, like six not months. Not that long. So Nick, that long. Nick is not going to get out of this one without some in, uh, NFL oh, I, talk. I want to I know what's going on with the Chiefs, man. I mean, I, 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 I want weekly. I've spammed you enough to... already, but I will spam you even more on our podcast where I, uh, we're contractually obligated to talk to I think that we should rename our, next, our uh, Patreon podcast to the year we started the Chiefs podcast. The year we started uh, another uh, sports podcast or a sports there you podcast. Go. Uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, you can check that out, uh, patreon.com forward slash up. And you can also follow us at up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Uh, you can find all of that at tywasap.com. Nicholas, thank you so much for potting with me today. You are welcome. This has been the year we started the podcast. Thank you all for listening. <laughs>